You know, we sang about the way, and Lena talked about the way. In John 14, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. This was the Passover, the last Passover Jesus would celebrate before he was crucified. But it wasn't the only Passover. They celebrated, the disciples celebrated three Passovers with Jesus, recorded in John. And what happens is we get used to God moving in a certain way. We get, we get used to things a certain way. They didn't, they didn't realize that there was a shift that night. There was a shift that night from they've heard the prophecies and, you know, the promises and the different things. And, and Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going or how can we know the way? Because they've walked with Jesus in the natural they walked from city to city to place to place, and it was always on a natural path. But Jesus says, I am the way. So whatever situation you find yourself in, the way isn't steps. The way is a person. And the person will give you steps to do. See, what happens is there needs to be a shift. And there was a shift because th that night he says, Lord, show us the way. And we get so consumed of how he's done it or how he's moved, or how he speaks, that we don't realize how he can break out, because Jesus was talking on a different level. He was talking on a spiritual plane, not a natural plane. The disciples always thought that, because Thomas was like, show us the way. I mean, are we going to Galilee? Are we going to Nazareth? I know the paths. They grew up there. They knew the sea. Jesus said, we're going to go across the other side. So it was nothing like they've experienced before. And I believe God wants to shift some things in our life where he can move in your life in a way that you've never moved before. So-and-so, they're the one with the healing gift. How about when you start laying hands on people? So-and-so, they prophesy. You don't need to go up to someone and go, here's a prophetic word. You can give them a prophecy without even calling it a prophecy. You can give someone encouraging. Jesus was naturally, he says, Thomas, and then Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through me. Then he says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. And then Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Again, they want to say in the natural. I want to see, I see you, Jesus. I know you, Jesus, but I want to see the Father like I see you. See, what happens is when God speaks at a different level, God doesn't always speak in your language. He wants you to understand his language. So, Everything we've been through, everything we've raised, all the voices that have spoken to us, he wants us to understand his voice to us. Now, that's by the Spirit. And when Jesus died and rose again, the veil was ripped, the Holy Spirit was released, and the disciples function on earth the same way we do, by the Spirit. Paul was not a disciple. Everybody agree with that? Paul came later. He didn't walk with Jesus. He didn't see the miracles, but he, he functioned by the Holy Spirit. As Jesus was, so are we on the earth. So what happens is they were thinking on this plane, but Jesus was talking on this plane. But what he wanted to do was bring them up to this plane. See, they were so worried, even when they said, who's going who's gonna to betray you? Who's going to deny you? They, Jesus said, the one that dips in my cup, the one I give the bread to. I would have been looking. And then the Bible says Jesus dipped and gave it to Judas. But they were so busy talking among themselves, they didn't even get their question answered. 
They were at the table. We're not talking about Demasi's buffet with thousands of people. It was 12 at a table. The problem is it was just another Passover. See, they've already celebrated two with Jesus. And the last two they celebrated with Jesus, they got up in the morning and they started doing ministry again. Why would this one be any different? But there was a shift. See, Jesus said, I am the way. Lord, show us the way. Tell us the way you're going to go. North, south, east, west. We're going to go to Victoria. We're going to go to you know, Austin. We're going to go all these places. And what happens is we have walked a certain way. I have walked a certain way. I've heard God speak a certain way. Then a couple weeks ago I heard someone say, you know, I don't get, I don't get dreams. You know, you can have spiritual dreams. And I'm not saying you're going to dream like this person or dream like that person, but God can move and shift in your way that he's not done before. No one's left out. But Jesus says, I am the way. The way is a person. It is not steps. The way Jesus talks to you may not be the way he talks to you coming down. The way he's moved in your life may not be moved in your life. There was a shift. See, the disciples, they celebrated. Even the prophecies they didn't understand, well, you're not going to die. They thought they were going to grow old with Jesus. The disciples thought they were going to grow old with Jesus. I don't know what you think when you hear the word revival. or, But maybe God wants to start a revival in your family. Before the revival hits the church. And so what happens is God speaks to us, promise and things, and then we sit in the natural, okay, he's going to open doors for, you know, Pastor Easy, just pray, you know, it's going to be a crack in the door. It's going to put, and automatically you think, okay, you know, I know this person, I know that person, you know, I can, you know, nudge myself in, you know, hey, we know, all those things. We don't know how God's going to do it. The disciples didn't know. So there they are, Passover 1, Jesus. Put the blood on the doors. They all put the blood on the doors, not realizing the blood of Jesus was going to be on their spiritual door. Passover 2, then they celebrated again. And then they get up, Jesus, what are we doing today? He, then they would follow Jesus, and he would tell them. The disciples didn't go up to Jesus and go, today we're going to go in Galilee, heal, heal someone. No, he says, we're going to go across the other side. Everything shifts when it's on you, when it's no longer. See, when Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came in, then, uh-oh, we're Jesus on the earth. We don't have Jesus physically to talk to, but I have the Holy Spirit. I traveled with, someone mentioned Blaine, Janine mentioned Blaine in her tithe message, and Blaine, you know, I traveled with him all over Mexico. Drove the motor. I had no, I wasn't preaching. I wasn't trying to preach. I just drove the motor home, set up the motor home, leveled the motor home when we parked. He goes, John, I'm leaning. So, you know, it wasn't automatic. I had little blocks under the tires. You stack them up and list tire. I look at the bubble. Lena would have been happy because it was a little two bubbles. <laughs> one's going this way, one going that way. And I was just, it was tapes back then, tapes, set up tapes. That's what I always did. One of the trips, my friend came with me, because I always travel with Blaine. Sometimes we had one person, two people. So one night, I never forget it. I'll never forget it. So, so we're sitting there in the hotel, and it was one of those hotels where you can rent the video game system. Me and my Larry are playing video games. It's what we always did. When I was with Larry, it's what we always did. There's nothing new. Blaine, is, Blaine to us would might have been Jesus, because everything was on him. The disciples watched Jesus, and they went out, but they came back. Everything was on Jesus. Friends, everything is on us. It is on the church. It's no longer on Jesus. He's at the right hand interceding for you. He's interceding for you. He, we're the hope of this world. Every problem, the church has a solution. Every situation, the church has a solution. It's in you. And I'm not saying you have all the solutions, but somebody. And I believe like, you know how you have the, 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 you know, before it was just like a certain worship, certain speaker. I believe there's going to be more of a community effort in people uh, uh, where it's not just, 
one person, but it's a, a, you know, it's like a group coming together. You have a piece. I have a piece. You, just like the minister, and this is the solution. The world does not have the solutions. You give the world a billionaire, you give billionaire money, what are they doing? Listening for outer space aliens. You give the church a billion, we better not be listening for out of space aliens. We better be solving problems that are on the earth. Kids are hungry now. There's orphans now. There's divorce now. There's problems now. We have the solution. Why? Because God has the solution. So we're sitting there playing video games. That's what we always did, right? Blaine's preaching tomorrow. Anointed, powerful. Been in four-hour services with him. Felt like 15 minutes. I'd cry. And he prophesied just. He goes, tonight you guys are each preaching 15 minutes. We looked at him and laughed. <laughs> He goes, no, I'm serious. We put the video games down. Now, he didn't tell us to turn off the TV. He just says, you're preaching. God's not going to tell you everything to do, but he goes, this is what's coming. We need to prepare ourselves for this shift. What you've been watching, talking, thinking. You know, like, and I look at my life, I'm like, okay, there's got to be a shift. Like, you just don't stand on the basketball. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, all these people. When you realize what they did, these athletes did in the offseason, they didn't live like everybody else. There's athletes that showed up that were extremely gifted, uh, you know, but they just they didn't practice during the offseason. But those guys, why? Because they wanted to be champions of the world. If we want to demonstrate Jesus, there needs to be a shift in our hearts where we can no longer watch, walk just in the natural. And I'm just, we, in the natural, we look at other people, you know, so-and-so's anointed, so-and-so's healed. Okay, you, you know, you have dreams, you know, and, and you have this, you have that. You know what? God has things for you, and he, but his language is a little different than your language, and he doesn't want to just, he doesn't, he bridges the gap. He's not going to change the way he talks, but he wants you to change your understanding. And I'm not saying he doesn't speak on your level. I'm saying is, he speaks on your level, and then you walk. This was the night before Jesus was crucified. This is the night before he was, he was betrayed that night, and he starts walking with the disciples. They didn't know that was the last time Jesus was going to teach him on the earth. Judas left, went to go betray Jesus, and then, and then the Bible says he began to teach the disciples. They didn't know. They just thought it was like any other walk. Any other Passover, because they already celebrated too. Any other service, any other year, or could it be different for us if we change our mentality for a shift? See, I need a personal revival before the church needs a revival. If I just wait for the church to have a revival, friends, I can be missing out on a lot of things that God wants to do and shift in my life, because I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope you guys do too. Everybody in here, I don't know everybody, but yes, amen. So when you sit and talk to him, he had a relationship with John. He had a relationship with Thomas. So he goes, the way. Lord, we've always walked on these dirt roads. We've always done this. Whose house are we going to go to? No, he says, I am the way. Because he says, you know the way. He goes, no, I don't know the way. Jesus says, you know the way. How can we know the way if we don't know where you're going? You know me. I am the way. I am the way. How's this? How's that? Who's this? Who's Jesus is the way. So there has to be a shift in us. And what I say is because there's some, there's some things in the kingdom that builds up and then it tips. And there's other things that come in that you were not expecting and he just moves and he changes everything. There's people that aren't even born again, saved, and God touches them. And, and, and it, up, it upside down, to, you know, it makes their whole world go like this, boop. I don't know where you're at or what position you think you're stuck in or how God spoke to you or how he's used in the past or what level you function at or what anointing you pray at or the revelation you hear or, you know, John, John reads or there's people in here read. God speaks to them. God wants to speak to you. Amen. 
He wants to speak to you. He wants you to open up this word, and he wants to speak to you at any age. The willing, the hungry, the table is set. All who are willing to come to the table, they can eat. No one is turned away. Why? Because of the blood. So there they were celebrating the Passover with Jesus, not realizing he was the Passover lamb. They had the meal. They woke the blood, and standing right in front of them was the Passover lamb they didn't know. Last night, last teachings, last meetings, but they didn't know. But there was a shift in the spirit. Then when it was shifted, they were scared. They ran away. If God showed us everything he's called us to do, some of us would probably run. Fifteen minutes scared me preaching. Fifteen minutes. I was like, hey, I want to go back to my video games. Jesus, I want to go back to you on the earth. I don't want you to go on the cross. In fact, Peter tried to stop it. And the disciples said, no, Jesus, you're not going to die. We're here. We're 12. We'll defend you. Yeah, they all ran away. Jesus came forward, and they came with their torches and their lanterns. Jesus says, who do you seek? And they says, Jesus, neither. And he says, I am. He is italicized, means he was an individual. He says, I am. And when he says, I am, they all went back and fell down. God stepped forward and said, I'll pay the price. Let these go. And so we need to let some things go. We need to let some things go that keep us from the shift. And a lot of it is the way we think about ourselves. A lot of it is the way we think about ourselves. Because I did not see myself as a preacher. I did not see myself as a minister. I, and I'm for serving. Minister means to serve. We always serve. Amen. There's not, we never stop serving the kingdom. And to minister means to serve. It means to take this bread and ser- you're actually serving people. And hopefully they get, you break it down and hopefully they get something. But when Blaine says the 15 minutes, he might as well said this. John, tonight I'm going to stay in the hotel and you guys are going to have a three-day revival. That's what he said. That's what I felt. Because, oh my gosh, can you imagine the disciples? Jesus is gone. Now they're in the upper room. Now what? Now what? Jesus is dead. The Bible says Jesus died in three days, rose again. There's no three days for the disciples, friends. It's over. When they're writing the book, it says Jesus died. It is over. It's over. He died. All our hopes, all our dreams, everything we thought is in the tomb. Now what? Now what? He's no longer here to show us the way, and actually he said he's the way. Now what? But the veil was ripped. The Holy Spirit was released. Now we have the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm giving you one just like me. I will never leave you or forsake you. Now on earth, Jesus is sleeping over here. And when I go over here, Jesus is still over here. Now Jesus is still with me wherever I go. He's always in me. Wherever you're at, there's a solution. Wherever you're at, there's the anointing. Wherever you're at, there's the power. Everywhere you stand is a pulpit. In Walmart, that lady's hurting. Jesus is with you. You, the Passover lamb, is there. The price has been paid. The same anointing that raised him from the dead dwells in you. And what happens is this minister is powerful. That minister is powerful. This person, no, Jesus is the way. For far too long, we've looked at ministries, 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 people. Friends, they come and go. Reinhard Bunke is dead. Wesley is dead. But who's not dead is the Holy Spirit living in you. That means, Paul, when you're sitting in the gym, you have the revelation of the Holy Spirit and you can speak the words of God. See, friends, we need a shift. What happens is, oh, when revival comes, I'll come and get touched. Then what? I'll come and get shaken, then what? I'll come and give my tithes, then what? 
It's time for the church to be millionaires and billionaires, and I'm not saying everybody, but that doesn't mean we're looking for signals in space, alien space. That means we're listening to his voice and saying, I want you to go here, because God wants to raise up some private givers, some big givers. So Lord, I thank you. There's people coming in the church that are going to give for this next generation, and they're not going to care about a plaque. They're not going to care about their name on the chair. They're going to care about the legacy and the lineage that's gone to Elijah's to go before him. Because in this house, there's anointing of Elijah. Elijah. Now, Elisha's going to be double. There's a generation coming that's going to do, when I say double, I don't mean just necessarily twice as much. I mean more than you did. More than you did. But why did Jesus, why was Elijah transfigured and not Elisha? The double. He did double, but he wasn't transfigured. Why was Elijah taken up, but not Elisha? Why did God say in the spirit of Elijah, not Elisha? See, we think double, double, double. You're better, you're better, you're better. But the one who plowed in the spirit was the one who never lost their place. Elisha plowed in the natural. He was a plower. But Elijah plowed in the spirit. This house has the spirit of Elijah where it has plowed and plowed and believed. Therefore, it can release the Elijahs to do more. But the Elijah never lost their place. Two were transfigured, Moses and Elijah. Two were taken up, Enoch and Elijah. He was taken up, he was transfigured, not Elisha, but he did the double. See, friends, it's not who does more. It's, who's, it's, it's you need to do what you've called to do. Jesus told the disciples, others have done the hard work. You've, you've entered into their labor. Can you imagine telling the disciples that? Others have done the hard work. You're just entering in their labor. When I go to Mexico, when I go to Juarez, I'm fully aware that I'm not going by myself. Before me was the prayers of many people. Moms who've lost kids who pray God doesn't forget. That ground where I walk on, it has soaked up blood and tears, friends. I, many have done the hard work. I am entering in their labors. There's many missionaries we don't know, but God knows. Many people and housewives washing dishes who've prayed, who paved the way, but God knows. See, when you're willing to take your place and say, look, I don't care about the lights. I don't care about the well-known. I don't care about who knows my ministry. I don't care about the, 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 the likes on Facebook or TikTok or this. God, I want to be in your place. And I'm willing to plow in the spirit so others can come behind me and do more. You know, I laid hands on Paul one night, and I just said, Paul, everything I've done, I just prayed the double. Double on his life. Double revelation. Double this. Why? Because I don't want people coming behind me to go, John was the greatest. No, Jesus was the greatest, friends. Jesus is the greatest. I can learn from different people, but Jesus is the greatest. Why? Because when we face him, say, Lord, I did everything you've called me to do. I, 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 did, I did the work. The prayer that Jesus said that night, he says, Lord, Father, I've done what you've called me to do on this earth. I didn't lose a one but except the one that you anointed. I just did what you called me to do. And so there needs to be a shift, and the shift needs to be from waiting for revival to waiting on him. And when was the last time we sat, and I'm talking to me, when was the last time I just sat in his presence and just let him talk to me? Because it may not be about the things you asked for. You know, God, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. And he says, well, the kingdom needs this. See, the kingdom needs this. Hannah was barren. She says, Lord, I need a son. Back then, it's not like now. It was a disgrace, and especially the son. She goes, Lord, I have a son. And if I give you my son, if you give me a son, I'll give him to the kingdom. The Bible says, 
But the Lord closed her womb. And I'm not saying he closes anybody in the womb in the natural. That's not what I'm talking about. But the Lord will close things off from you so you press in a little further so you get the real purpose of why he wants to give it to you. That breakthrough that you think is for you, it's not just for you, friends. It's for the kingdom. And I'm not saying he doesn't want to bless you or help you or anoint you. I'm not saying that for your family. I'm saying is when she gave Samuel to the kingdom, she had five more kids and their names not mentioned. See, why? Because that was for Hannah. Samuel was for the kingdom. He wanted to raise up a priest and prophet. And there's things in you that God wants to birth, but it's going to come from barrenness and hurt. And if you're willing to plow in the spirit, he will make the Elijahs come behind you and do the double. I'm not just talking about people. I'm talking, So Lord, I thank you everything that we're willing to sacrifice and plow in. God, I thank you this house has sacrificed, plowed, prayed. God, I thank you we've, we've, we've dug wells and I thank you, Lord, that there's water. You know, the Bible says that, I think it was, what was it? Who was it that dug the wells and then dug new wells? Was it Isaac? Yeah, he dug the wells that were plugged up and then he dug new wells. So Lord, I thank you new wells and old wells, Lord. Amen? So everywhere you stand, Jesus is with you. Because the Holy Spirit, the helper. So I don't know where you're at today or what you're facing or what you're thinking or what you're doing or what situations. But God, how am I going to get there? What is the way? I'm the way. God, what are the steps? I'm the way. And the way will show you the way as we walk step by step. See, we read the scriptures, but they didn't have scriptures. John didn't have the book of John. They had very few scrolls. Isaiah, they didn't have he didn't say Jesus died. Oh, Jesus, hey guys, don't worry, he's gonna raise again in three days. It was over. And so when he's writing, he's the author and finisher of your life. You could be in a situation, you don't know what he's written. But we can't stop in chapter seven. He's still writing in your lives. And you're saying, okay, Lord, I've done this, I've done this. I mean, I I moved to Colorado Springs out of the will of God for two years. Two years. I came back and I told my pastor, he's like, I know you shouldn't have gone. I go, why don't you tell me? He goes, I'm just going to let you go. I was my pastor I had. So, yes, I had a church. Yes, I had a job. Everything was fine. Everything was good in the natural, but it wasn't good in the supernatural. And I knew, like, there's an uneasiness. Like, it was a good church. I would, used to go to this prayer center. It was a huge globe. I'd go in there, see the nations, pray all over. It didn't matter how nice the carpet was. It wasn't the place for me. And then when I go to war sometimes, I feel more at home than anywhere else. Why? Because... That wherever God has for you, there's a place he has for you. He wants to set you in this house. If he's called you to this house, he wants to set you in this house. That means you're here, no matter who's preaching, who's not preaching, who do you like, who do you like, what services. God, you've set me here for a season, and some of it's a season. And some of you are going to be sent out to gather the nations and the people and the multitudes. So, Lord, I thank you for everything you're doing in this house. I thank you for every well that has been dug up that we're digging again. God, I thank you for the shift in our mentality and thinking, God, that we're we're not just waiting for revival. We have the Holy Spirit with us now, and everywhere I walk can be a revival for somebody, some situation. That dead situation can be revived. That hopeless situation in my family can be revived. So, Lord, I thank you. We're not waiting. We're not just waiting for you to move in this house. What good is it you move in these four walls, and then I leave, and I leave the same life, or I get touched, or I get shaken, but I don't know you anymore. I don't love you anymore. I don't care anymore. I don't, I don't think about your kingdom. I don't care about the nations or the orphanage. You 
have a problem he wants you to solve and he already has the answer, but he wants to give you the compassion for that problem because Jesus moved with compassion. He didn't just sit with compassion. He didn't just pray with compassion. He didn't talk with compassion. He moved with compassion. He healed people because he loved them. He gave because he loved them. He protected the prostitute because he loved her. Jesus loves people. We love crowds. We love multitudes. We love social media. Jesus loves people. And when he saw the 12, he saw you. And he saw the millions. And the only reason we're here is because somebody didn't shut up. Somebody kept talking. Somebody kept witnessing. I got saved in the 8th grade because somebody opened our mouth. And the world wants you to shut up and have a private life with him. But revival is everywhere you walk. When I'm facing across Walmart, in fact, God wants to move on your lives to give you words of knowledge and words of wisdom and new boldness. Because are you, are you struggling with depression, ma'am? God wants to get depression off your life. So if you want to shift in your life, stand up. It was the last night before he was crucified. It was like any other night. It was like any other teaching. No, it wasn't. Everything shifted that night. And Jesus was taken away. All their hopes and dreams were taken away. And it did not happen like they thought, but it happened as God planned. So, Lord, I thank you for working out your plans as you've planned it, not we've planned it. And help us be flexible and move in that. And instead of running and being scared, they got in the upper room and they waited on the Holy Spirit. And tongues of fi- as tongues of fire and the fire of the Holy Spirit, that you will be my witnesses. And we think it's not, it's not just for tongues, friends. It's so you will be my witnesses. So boldness. So Lord, I thank you for a new boldness coming on the church. And we think boldness is loud or brash. No, boldness is just saying what he says when he wants it said. Boldness is saying what he says. You can be gentle and be bold. You can be loud and be afraid. So it's not just the volume of your voice. So Lord, I thank you for touching every life in here, using every voice and every person in the day-to-day life, God. I thank you. We're not waiting on a revival for us, things to be changed, God. The Holy Spirit was released. The veil was ripped. Yes, we are going to enter in revival. Yes, we're going to enter into those. But God, we're not just going to do nothing until that happens. We're going to pray into it. We're going to sow into it. We're going to give into it. We're going to care into it. guys can be seated. Everything to them was just earthly. Even when Jesus explained parables and things. And so, Lord, show us the way you're going to go. He says, you know the way. He was saying, you know me. He was telling them, you know me, therefore you know the way. So, Lord, I thank you. We know you, therefore we know the way. When there seems to be no way, we know the way. How are we going to be healed? Because we know the way. Well, I need to do this. And I, Lord, I thank you as easy was praying for people that healing was flowing through his body. I thank you even as he was re, restarting that well of praying for people, Lord, again, priming the pump. Because there, there was an anointing when easy was praying. It wasn't just words, friends. So I thank you, Lord, as that was flowing through his body for others, I thank you for touching him in his own life, God. God, I thank you there will be signs, wonders, and miracles and testimonies of people outside these four walls, not just in. People on dialysis center, depression, on prescription meds. I'm not saying stop taking prescription meds. I'm saying there's people that take prescription meds for depression when it's a spirit. Spirits of infirmities. No, it's not always a spirit, but Lord, I thank you for giving us discernment to hear your voice and not just follow a method. 
I say these things, I do these things. Oh, your feet hurt. I guess you need to let grow out. No, Lord, I thank you we hear and listen to you and what people need. And, Lord, I thank you for we're willing to bring the water to, to them, God. We're willing to dig up to hear your voice, God. In Jesus' name, amen.